Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club, a place investors go to learn tips, tricks, and stories from other investors in the field. Today, we have a special guest with us, so buckle up, grab your pen and paper, and enjoy the ride. And we are live. AJ, thank you for joining us today. Where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from actually one of my investments. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's a, it looks like a single family. And, uh... So we, uh, it's, a, it's a duplex in uh, downtown Portland, and we are converting the basement into a third unit. Oh, wow. Nice. So I, I refinished the, the two, two units, and then uh, I'm working on the basement currently. ADUs are a huge thing in uh, Seattle right now. That's um, that's a it's a big value play that people are doing up here too. Yeah. Um, all right. So to get started, why don't you tell everybody um, who you are, where you're from, and how you got into real estate in the first place? Sure. So uh, my name is AJ Shepard. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon. My brother and I are owners of Uptown Properties, Shepard Brothers Management, Uptown Beer Co. Uh, we got into, I got into real estate when I was fairly young, 22, 23, bought my first place uh, from my parents and nice. uh, was able to house hack that, uh, rent it out to a bunch of college students. Uh, and yeah, from there, just ended up kind of in the downturn uh, in 2008, started picking up uh, properties and we really utilize the burr method um, okay. yeah kind of during that time i was a strong w2 employee uh so i had was able to get financing i worked for a general contractor uh like heavy industrial we built the first chlorine plant in like 30 years up in uh warehouser uh i worked on like steel mills paper mills traveled to gold mines uh one of oh, our wow. projects was in like dubai <laughs> uh, so. that's awesome yeah, it was like heavy stuff. It wasn't like a general contractor like working on houses or anything. Right. You're so when, like I, when I take on like a house project, it seems small in comparison to what I used to do, which is <laughs> kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, it's not, no, it doesn't seem too complicated. Um, so that's kind of a, a background of how I got some training in, in contracting. Um, nice. Yeah. So and you, my bro- cool. Sorry. Uh, do you act as the, the GC for your own um, flips down there in Portland? Yeah, so we own a contracting company as well. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Yep. Cool. So, yeah. so kind of just a rehash, you started, you know, 22, you bought your parents' house, got in the house hiking. Um, from there, you started buying rentals. Uh, doing yep. flip. And now it sounds like you, you have a brewery, you have a construction company, um, you're all over the place. That's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah. Cool, cool. Um, so I guess uh, this is going to be... Next question is, uh, usually I ask, what is your, um, what do you do in real estate? What's your focus? It sounds like you're, you're, you don't really have one specific fo- focus, but if you could kind of sum up, um, you know, all of your endeavors, what, what is it that you do? What's your, what's your, um, your main bread and butter in, uh, in real estate? I mean, it's it, the, that first project that we did is, is really kind of our bread and butter. Uh, we have moved up and scaled up. Uh, we just completed a nine unit project and a 13 unit project. Okay. Um, we took the rents on the 13 unit project. Five of the units were vacant when we picked it up and we've raised the rents, uh, from like 700 up to 1100 or so. So we, we buy those properties, uh, fix them up, get cash for keys, get people out and get 
the units fixed up, uh, get the rents up, and then we typically refinance, pull our cash out, and then go look for another deal. Um, so we've we've grown our portfolio. We manage about 500 units now. Um, about a, a quarter of that is our own uh, portfolio. So uh, we do manage for other people, obviously. Um, but that's kind of our bread and butter. Like we, we set up the construction company to service the property management company. We don't really do like projects for other people. We yeah. property management company was set up to service our own portfolio and okay. just take on other clients. So that's kind of, uh, our bread and butter is that <clears throat> dilapidated, uh, problem child property that people, uh, just get tired of and, uh, need, need to get out of. Um, and, and we're usually the ones that can come in and handle the hard problems, uh, that a lot of people don't really want to look at. So Very we've cool. used, we've used hard money, uh, in the past or investors or, um, all sorts of different financing techniques to get in, do the construction well, and then get long-term debt on it. Okay. So you burr um, the vast majority of your projects. And um, it sounds like, I mean, most people, when they, when they do fix and flips, they stick to, you know, single family houses. It sounds like you just said a, an 18 unit. So you do multifamily as well. Yeah. Uh, we, we started out with the single family homes. Uh, probably five, four or five years ago, the prices started getting up to be to the point where the rents didn't really, it didn't financially make sense. So we kind of moved into duplexes and fourplexes. <clears throat> so we've done, I don't know, five or 10 fourplexes. Um, and then we've recently started getting more into like, we're looking at like 15, 20 units now. Um, gotcha. so we've done, we've done three or four, three projects at the like 10 unit level. Uh, and then looking to now do 20 or 30. Got you. And so you're, um, when you said the, it, it doesn't really make sense financially, you're talking like the rent doesn't, um, won't cover the debt on the, when you burr a property, a single family property in Portland, the rent doesn't cover the debt. Yeah. The, the cash flow, the rent coming in doesn't, the, the, the market has been flooded with buyers and there's not a much of a supply of houses. So the emotional first time home buyer comes in and throws a huge offer at a property $500,000 and it just drives the prices up so that yeah. it doesn't, it's not on par with the rents. And yeah, you're exactly right. Like it doesn't cash flow. Yeah. Yep. 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 We, uh, we have that same thing going on here in Seattle. So we're, we're right there with you. Um, it's hard to find a single family that is, uh, that fits the criteria of buying it as a rental. Um, yeah. it's virtually impossible. Actually we've been, we've been marketing for, for a long time. And unless you get it at a steal of a deal, it's just, it's just not going to work out. So. Yeah. And I mean, again, kind of back to our focus is that we pick up properties that have many problems. Yeah. A lot of the, like the, the two nine, the, the nine unit and the 13 unit that we just picked up uh, at the beginning, end of last year, beginning of this year, um, neither of them were financeable uh, oh. as far as like agency debt. So we actually tried to get Freddie Mac loan a loan on the nine unit and they came back and said, uh, no can do. You need to do like hundreds of thousands of dollars of repairs. So we ended up negotiating down a little bit with the seller, but putting hard money on it, getting those repairs done, fixing it up. And then we just resubmitted for a refinance like two, two weeks ago. And I think I heard back yesterday that it's looking good. So nice. <laughs> yeah. 
So going in a little bit into the nuts and bolts of, you know, kind of how you run your business. Um, so how do you get these deals? How do you find the deals, um, attract the deals? Is it mostly networking? Do you do digital marketing letters? Um, you know, how do you go about finding the deals that you're, you're flipping? We, we run a brokerage. Uh, so I have five brokers working for us. Um, and they're always looking at real estate. Um, we have wholesalers. In fact, I run, uh, we ha- I listened to Scott Dallinger. He's a wholesaler here in Portland. Um, he was presenting at a win event last night. Um, but yeah, we, have, we do wholesale. We don't do a ton of direct marketing. Um, I have started a little campaign. Um, ha- hasn't been fruitful yet. Um, we do some cold calling, but haven't, haven't gotten a deal from there. We've mo- mostly gotten our deals from the RLMS. Uh, and wholesalers the rl mass uh the mls oh the mls got you yeah Yeah. uh or loopnet too we've gotten some deals off loopnet oh for commercial okay yeah and usually it's like the ones that have been on there for a while Mm -hmm. Uh, and so you go to them you're like obviously this isn't selling so how about yeah (laughs) and and sometimes that's all the the seller needs is an offer um so we're, we're not afraid to like throw out some offers there you know, writing an offer when, uh, since we're brokers as well, doesn't take us a lot of effort. Yep. Um, so uh, we, we were looking at a two and a half million dollar project just this last week. And again, not financeable, <laughs> especially in the current climate. It was, it had four offices uh, in it. Oh, okay. Um, it's mixed use. Yeah. So it was mixed and the, uh, the, the tenants in the office were not very desirable. Um, and I mean, the commercial lending right now is, has tightened, tightened the noose very, very much. And uh, the agency debt on multifamily won't count the income for the office. So it's significantly hard. We went to the seller and see if they carry the contract and they're not interested. So we're, we're trying to come up with some creative on what to do. Um, we're thinking we might turn the office into multifamily. Okay. And then, so then we could, but it's a question of like, well, how can we, can we get the office tenants out? So working right. through that problem right now. Creative financing is one of the, uh, I mean, definitely a good thing to have in your back pocket. That's uh, so we market a lot for mobile home parks and that's one of the things, um, I mean, we're, we have uh, one under contract that we just cannot find financing for because, well, it's an RV park, but people just do not want to lend on that right now. And so, um, getting creative with that uh, with seller financing is is definitely something that that I mean I need to get better at, um, but that is a, a good a good tool in your back pocket for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, so you do single family, you do multifamily. Uh, when you look at a deal, um, obviously you're looking for you know something with a lot of needs a lot of love, something that needs you know has a hole through the wall or something like that. Um, so kind of go into what is the criteria that you look for. Um, be it numbers, area, um, whatever, whatever it is. What is the criteria that you use to identify a potential project for you? Yeah. So like what type of metrics do we, do we look at? Yep. Um, we are having affinity to two bedroom units. Um, the, the Portland market, the zero bedroom and the one bedroom units, uh, just the, the price per unit is a little bit higher um, mm. on them as well. There, there's a, large supply coming into the market uh all the all the new of studio apartments yeah all the all the new apartments that are coming online like the the new ones the luxury ones are all zero bedroom one bedroom 
Really interesting. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a niche that we also kind of like when we look at stuff, we like to see two bedrooms or at least some sort of two bedroom mix in it. Um, but we actually, I mean, we, we look at income. Uh, we usually do a pro forma off of what we believe that the rents can be. Um, and kind of a, a back of the napkin when we're looking at something, we're pretty, I mean, again, we manage a lot of units here in Portland. So we're familiar with the area, uh, familiar with where we look. So we can, I can look at usually a, uh, a deal sheet and see if the rents are low. So yeah. we're typically looking for a deal where the rents are low and we know that we can get them up or that we can implement rubs. Uh, if you're not familiar, rental utility billing system uh, okay. makes the tenants makes the tenants pay for the rent on a pro rata basis. Um, so uh, we also use like the one percent rule. Uh, I yeah. mean, uh, I know a lot of people are familiar with Bigger Pockets and and Brandon and uh, their one percent rule. Uh, if you can get one uh, the one one percent of the sales price to be the rent, you it's a it's a killer deal. Um, I want to say that we find we can get pretty close to that after we're done with construction. Oh, okay. Um, so it's, we, we look for, you know, you gotta, we, we, we have a good idea of what our budget for construction is going to be. And then after we know that we've put that money in and then we look for a stabilized, if we're stabilized at like 0.8 to 1%, then we know that that's going to be a pretty good deal. So, you know, if you look at the current rents and then where they can be, uh, and you use those future rents, and then you use the construction budget and the financing that you have, and you plug all that in, we're somewhere between 0.8 and 1% of uh, the, the sales price plus the budget. Like, it's, it's usually going to be a pretty good deal. Nice. That's very nice. So we, um, we I actually... I, uh, uh, many people say that, um, you should never be using what a property could be. You should only buy as it is. Um, but I mean, I'm with you. If you, if you can, if you can see that you can put so much into the property, especially if you're, I mean, you have a contracting company, so you're a little bit better at this than, than most people. But if you, if you know what it's going to be, you should, I personally think that you can definitely be using those numbers to, uh, to buy the property. Um, well, I mean, that's in real estate, that's how you make money, uh, is adding value. Uh, being able to increase those rents or decrease expenses are the levers that you can pull that will make uh, a property worth more. And that's how you, you make your money. And that's why you can do it better than the last guy, I guess. Yep. <laughs> All right. We're going to shift gears a little bit here. Sure. Um, I want to hear a little bit about your stories, your experience, um, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, real estate has its ups, its downs, peaks and valleys. Um, you know, it's a roller coaster sometimes. So what has been, um, two things, what has been both the hardest thing you've experienced so far? Um, and kind of what lesson did you learn from that? And then, you know, the, the peak, what, what's been the thing that you've enjoyed the most out of your real estate career? Uh, <laughs> one lesson that we learned, uh, we learned a while ago is when we first, got started out, we were kind of taking anything that we could get. Yeah. Um, and we were doing contracting for someone else, uh, for some other people. And what we've, we ended up not getting paid on a project, uh, like a significant amount. Uh, I think we ended up losing like $150,000 on it. Oof. And the, through three or four years of court battles, like it was, we, we ended up walking away with nothing. 
Um, so that was a very, very hard lesson. Um, and we, we learned to make sure to have everything in writing, money up front, like uh, not, not wait until the end of the deal to, to get your money if you're not at least involved in the real estate in some aspect. Yeah. So that was a hard lesson. So we, that is why we, one of the reasons we only do work for ourselves. Um, with the, we would do some work for our property management clients, but having an understanding of what you can and cannot do uh, and, and how that lesson has helped is recently we had one of our property management clients and he's like, he's got a fourplex and he wants to add two more units to it. And he's like, Hey, can you guys help me out with this? And it's like, that's a $250,000 project that would take up a ton of my time. And then I'm not going to get any benefit from it other than like my contracting fee. Right. Like, that's just, it's just not worth it for me to spend my time there. So I guess that lesson has proved to be helpful in some aspects that we, we know what we can and cannot do. And I think people respect that too. Like he came back and was like, man, you guys are awesome. You have, like, you, you understand that you can't take it on and you understand that you may not have been able to perform on it. And like, I really appreciate just your honesty. Yeah. So that was, that was kind of the, the good lesson and uh, kind of made me feel good after turning him down too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Realizing uh, that you both did the right thing for him and you, you saved time um, where yeah. you could have been spending it otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So I, I guess the, the lesson is be confident in what you're doing and if you're going to do it, do it well. Um, what was your, remind me of the second question you had there. Yep. Yeah. So that was a, that was, that was the trough. Um, so what in real estate, what has been your peak? Like, what do you enjoy the most out of everything that you do? Um, you know, what brings you back to real estate? Man, uh, coming in and seeing a finished product is like one of the, the best things I think is in real estate. Like seeing that before photo and that after photo and knowing that we're the ones that made that happen is, is super gratifying. Um, and maybe that's like self-serving. I don't know. I'm, I'm more of a creator, not a destructor. Yeah. Um, so like adding value, creating value like that, that is what keeps me going back uh, and, and looking for those hard projects and looking for a way that we can create value. Um, so it's, it's pretty exciting. Like you seeing some of the, the places and then coming in and seeing brand new countertops, brand new kitchens. Like it's just, it's, it's pretty gratifying. So that, that is what keeps us coming back. Um, I mean, I wouldn't lie when, but you know, money's nice. Money's too. Good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of doesn't hurt. Of course. So, and like we were, it's, it's fun scaling up. Like we've got a bunch of employees now. I think if you talked to me three years ago, we had, it was just me, my brother and maybe two employees and we're up to like 17 uh, employees. Oh, three now. years. That's it. So how long did yeah. it take you to go from, from just you and your brother to the two employees? Uh, that took seven years. Wow. Okay. All right. uh, yeah. So we, we, we started in like 2010, like opening the company and opening other doors before it was just my brother and I buying properties, refinancing them. We managed them ourselves. So we started buying properties in 2008 together. Um, and we picked up one or two the first year, three or four the second year, kind of five or six. And then we just kind of kept growing that way. Um, we 
2010, we opened up the property management company. We opened up the brewery. Um, and then, yeah, the, the property management company has actually provided a lot of good leads too. We, we ended up buying 14 houses uh, on contract from one of our clients, which was amazing. Oh, wow. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. She was, uh, her, her husband had passed away and they were the ones that developed the whole block. And she's like, I, I want to sell them off one by one. I was like, I'll do you one better. I'll buy the whole thing. And she's like, that would be amazing. She's like, as long as you keep them as rentals and you don't like sell them off. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Huh. And like she wanted her legacy and their oh. legacy to live on. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, to this day, we still send her a payment every month. Um, so it's been, it's, it's a good relationship. It, it, it reminded me of the fact that like everyone's interests are different. I mean, like trying to find a motivation as to why people are selling is very important. Um, and trying, and sometimes it's just not, it's not always money. It might be something else. So, um, there is opportunity there. Yep. Yep. We've said it. We've seen that in our own, uh, our own business too. It's, you never know what somebody's actually, um, what somebody values it's it's used i mean a lot of times it's not money especially when they're coming in from like a um you know google search how to sell my house fast something like that so we've seen that ourselves too um okay so now we're going to actually before we move on um do you have one of your one favorite project that you've done in your in your entire you know 15 year span Ooh, favorite project um we've done a lot uh, we did a, a fourplex. It was one. Of, it was I think our first fourplex, uh, and we were able to take the rents from like I want to say like four hundred to like twelve hundred. Wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, just getting those people out. Like we took it all the way down to studs, uh, and we took out some walls. Like re re sheetrocked everything, uh, all new. I mean, and when we came in, like the tenants were just like living in filth, and so it was it was one of those like stark differences that really worked out and ended up being great. So cool, yeah. And uh, okay, so now we're gonna we're gonna switch gears one more time. Um, I want to hear a little bit about you know. Uh, a little bit about your personal stuff. So what habit um, in your mind contributes the most to your success as a real estate investor or the success of your, of your company? Um, the one habit I would say is persistence. Uh, I am unfortunately uh, like a dog with a bone. <laughs> I, will, I will chew it until it is gone. So, um, you know, being able to focus on one thing and then getting it done, getting it working and then moving on to the next thing, I would say, um, that, that focus, uh, having good partners too. Um, uh, I mean, I value my brother incredibly. Like people always look at us and they're like, you guys can work together and we, we complement each other quite well. So, um, being able to work with people, uh, and especially partners is, has been good. Yep. And you are, you're not the first person to say persistence on this show. That's uh that is, seems to be a common thing amongst uh, real estate investors. Uh, common trait. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, uh, we always get to like the last 5% in a project and it's like, you're just like, Oh man, it's like this little tiny thing. And it's like persistence and like getting that done. I mean, yep. it just, 
like the electrical outlets. It's just fuck. All right, we gotta do like it. When you've when you've worked on it for five months and you're like, man, it just seems like there's this just tiny little thing. I got to run to Home Depot for one tiny dollar part so I can get it finished. And it's just that making sure that you just do it all the way and get it done. Nice. All right. So going back all the way back to 2008, um, if you could tell that version of you, uh, when you bought your first rental, um, you know, one piece of advice, what would it be? <laughs> Start with multifamily. <laughs> <laughs> I tell nice. this all the time. It's like, instead of buying a single family home to house hack, like buy a fourplex to house hack. It's, uh, with, and I, I, FHA has like tightened the noose a little bit, but I mean, you're still like even our broker clients, I'm like, buy a duplex and move into a duplex instead of like buying a big single family home and, and house hacking. Like if you can use that, that first time home buyer, the mortgage insurance, yeah, you won't cash flow at first, but you're going to be so be- so much better off uh, in a couple years than you would with a single family home. Yep. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you there. It's funny though. I uh, the last guest we just had on was the um, a VP of Renters Warehouse, and he does single family. And he was actually the opposite. He was saying that uh, stick with single family because um, the rent renting base is tends to be better. And and when things like COVID happen, you don't lose tenants. I thought that was uh, kind of interesting. But I'm with you. Uh, multifamily is is the way to go. Yeah, I mean. The fact is, is if you're buying a multifamily place for yourself, you're going to buy in an area that is more reasonable than like some of the multifamily areas. Um, yep. And for and to just give you a little insight to what we do too, like we stay in higher income areas. Okay. Um, like, like we're only B- on the, we're, we only are work on the west side of Portland uh, areas that we know very well. Like there's some areas that are east of and in Gresham. Where you you do get the you know a lot more Section Eight, uh, a lot more, but I mean if you're willing to live in a multifamily place, like that's going to be great. You are always going to have renters. Um, so I like it. Um, so actually, uh, this is usually a twenty to thirty minute show, so we're kind of running at the end here. But before we go, I want to ask about the brewery. It's been a long-standing dream of mine to own a brewery. Um, so just tell us real quick, how did how did you build that brewery? Like what what inspired it, and how's it going right now? Uh, I mean, no surprise here. It was a real estate play. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We uh, we 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 were able to get a lease option on the building from uh, the owner. Um, one of my fraternity brothers worked for this guy. And so we all went into business together. Like we'll create a business and then be able to buy the property. Um, so we started out as a, we had six taps, uh, just a bottle shop. And then we also did homebrew supplies. And then we had this storage room that was about 800 square feet. And uh, we just used it for storage. So a couple of years go by and we like start looking at the metrics of, brewing beer and like what's going on and we're like well shoot we should just brew beer so then uh another brewery went out of business we ended up buying all of their equipment uh we constructed that storage room and turned it into a brewery had to go through a whole zoning change to get it over to f2 and then like plan it all out our contracting company did that and then uh we bought the building too before we did that uh and then we now have a brewery so it's called uptown beer co that's on Schultz Ferry and Allen. And then we've separated out the brewery business from the bottle shop. Uh, so the brewery is binary brewery. Very cool. 
Yeah, and, uh, it's gonna be up. In, it's gonna be up in Seattle here soon. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I love uh, going down to Portland. So the next time I go down there, I'll uh, I'll definitely stop by. Yeah, one of my one of my buddies runs the Westie, um, and then uh, Stu, my other partner, just opened up a new bottle shop over by Red Mill. Oh, nice. Over in Finney Ridge. So we will be on tap on because we'll be making trips to Seattle, and so we'll be on tap at those three places. So there's the Westie and then the Westie Two, I believe. Very cool. So, Look forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, for everybody watching and listening, um, if they wanted to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Uh, probably through our website, uptownpm.com. Um, uh, or you can email me, aj at uptownpm.com. Cool, cool. Yeah. Happy to answer questions and chat about real estate. Uh, you can friend me on Bigger Pockets, uh, obviously there. Uh, yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn, all that sort of stuff. Perfect. All right, AJ, well, thank you very much for uh, for getting on here. Um, I mean, I really appreciated, you know, hearing everything you had to say, and I'm sure everybody listening and watching also appreciated it. So thank you for joining. Um, people watching, listening, if you want to get in contact with AJ, he just said where to go. Um, LinkedIn, his website, his email, um, any of those work. So we'll see you next time. And uh, again, AJ, thank you for staying on. Yep, thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. For more information on how to work with the host, Gabe Peterson, go to www.therealestateinvestingclub.com. Otherwise, we will see you guys in the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, Go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.